Hello, welcome back to this podcast <clears throat> on the major themes of scripture. I'm William Stewart, co-founder of Telios. It's my privilege to bring this information to you. Such an important study. This is where we take scripture and bring them together topically so you know how to think about God and Christ, the spirit, salvation, our Christian walk, all in a practical way. Yes, it's important <clears throat> and foundational to know what's in each book of the Bible, verse by verse, and, and have a idea of its structure and arguments, a vital part of Christian education. But the other part of Christian education, which is so foundational, is to <clears throat> know the themes of Scripture, what we call theology, and, and bringing together all the Scripture uh, from the complete Word of God into how to think about God and His plan and <clears throat> how we live our lives. Uh, this is what we call biblical theology. Otherwise, we're utilizing just scripture to create these arguments and these themes uh, for which you to consider. There's, point, there's outside sources, which are, are wonderful. And we think of ENNS, E-N-N-S, uh, uh, Schaefer and Ryrie, <clears throat> R-Y-R-I-E, and uh, Erickson, many fine theologians and traditions from Augustine and Calvin, but we're just taking scripture, and we believe that scripture in this podcast and that teleos is the authoritative word of God, true and accurate in the uh, <clears throat> themes and issues that it discusses, and um, all of scripture uh, from Genesis to Revelation is God's word and accurate and uh, uh, are fit and are considered in this course. This theology is meant to be a, a introductory course uh, to give you a foundational knowledge of uh, belief in these themes <clears throat> and to be able to discuss them to your own benefit and for others. Importantly, uh, again, uh, we consider most heavily the epistles, the apostolic letters, which are to the church. So all of God's word, all the Bible is scripture, and yet we in the church consider most carefully the uh, epistles because these are God's command to us in how to live our lives <clears throat> in the church age. Excuse me. Go to our website, and we'll have a link for the, how to find it at the end of this program. Uh, look at the um, our disclaimer as well. And uh, today we are continuing our series on the Holy Spirit so important that we know what God's word says about this. And uh, as a disclaimer, again, we're not discussing um, 1 Corinthians 12 uh, first, uh, to thir- 14, excuse me, these chapters, because we believe that these miraculous gifts, have, as discussed in 12 and 14, have stopped, as it says in chapter 13. And um, uh, other places like um, uh, Matthew eleven thirteen, So uh, these were important for Corinth at that time, an early church, a, a holdover to um, the gifts that, that bound, the miraculous gifts that bound the early church to Christ but disappeared. So in my um, uh, <clears throat> discussion last week, we talked a little bit more about this. The miraculous gifts are beyond the scope of this course, and uh, you'll need to read scriptures and, and, and figure this out for yourself. 
So we want to focus on what is there in terms of the rest of the epistles and are emphasized over and over again. We started by saying uh, two sessions ago, what the Spirit does for us, which is permanent. We started last week then in what we do uh, or what the Spirit does for us, which can be variable according to our obedience. And this week we're going to talk specifically about the leading of the Spirit. And this is important. Everybody, almost everybody, my wife and I teaches, have a question about how the Spirit leads. They want to be led by the Spirit. They, they, and, uh, they have presuppositions that the Spirit does this by their conscience. And, and this is almost universal. They do it by emotions or signs, uh, wonders, or um, coincidences in nature or in incidences of their life. But as usual, and, and at Teleos and in this course, we really want to know how God does something, <clears throat> we go to Scripture. So what does Scripture say <clears throat> about leading people in the church age? We're not talking about how God led people in the Gospels and how God people led them in the Old Testament. God administrates his people different ways at different times. So how he led back then is different than how he leads the church. Importantly, <clears throat> the number one way, and we know from Teleos studies that, that Christians accept this generally, the way that God leads his church is through his word. Christ speaks today, Hebrews 1, verses 1 and 2, through his word. <clears throat> so that's it. That, that's our leadership. That's what God has given us to apply directly uh, or situ- to, to situations that directly align with his word and indirectly to those that do not, um, like incidences of uh, <clears throat> who to marry, uh, who to, to whom to minister directly, uh, what job to take, and these, of course, especially where people consider, you know, how to, how to get God's leadership. So <clears throat> having said that as a basis, then, and we know that the Spirit leads through God's word, we, we know the Spirit gave the word to the apostles um, to minister to us, 2 Timothy 3.16. We know that the Spirit uses the word as a sword in our lives, and we'll discuss this more next time, the Armor of God verse, <clears throat> as power. <clears throat> Excuse me. So um, that, that word is important not only for knowledge, but as we are obedient to God uses it as a powerful weapon in our lives to help produce obedience. But then practically then, beyond direct application of Scripture, how do we know what the leading of God is in those areas of our life uh, that Scripture does not speak to directly? Again, like what car to buy, where to live, uh, etc., so, like always then, what scriptures say about God's leading in the epistles? Well, there are two verses then that speak to God's leading in the, in the epistles. So what are these? Well, Romans 8.14, uh, that indicates that um, those who are led by the Spirit are sons of God. Okay, those who are led by the Spirit are sons of God. And then Galatians 5.18, 
this notes that um, those who are constrained by the law are sons of God. Okay, so those are the two verses in Scripture that teach us about the leading of the Spirit. Now that, what does that mean? <laughs> in a practical way. Okay, well, let's explore this further. Who are the sons of God? Um, well, we know the sons of God are those who live, and this is from Philippians 2.15, who live a sinless life or a righteous life in a perverted world. <clears throat> so what's that mean practically? Those who are obedient <clears throat> and are, are doing the things that God says in a perverted world are evidences that you're son of God, and so are evidences that you're led by the Spirit. Okay, how about <clears throat> not under the law? Well, those who are not under the law then are free. They are bound to legalism, are free to bear fruit. The Spirit is free to produce in them fruit, which are <clears throat> several verses down, the Galatians 5, 22 and 23 verses on the fruits of the Spirit. Love, faith, joy, peace, self-control, etc. For which, against which there is no law. Otherwise, the law would constrain these things. So those people whom, to whom you see fruit in their lives, <clears throat> it's evidence that they're led by the Spirit. And then from Philippians 2.15, those who are living righteously in a perverted world are evidence that they're led by the Spirit. <clears throat> so it's leading by the Spirit in the New Testament. It's a, it's a, it's re, as a result and not a specific command on how to be led by the Spirit. You, it's telling us you're going to see the results of somebody being led by the Spirit, and it's not giving specific direction. Think about that. Now, that's initially confusing, but in reality, it's very helpful. What it's telling us <clears throat> is that we have freedom to live our lives in faith. Romans 14.23. Otherwise, in those areas where Scripture does not apply to us directly, but we're seeking guidance, we step out in faith. And in verse 22 in chapter 14 of Romans, we don't condemn ourselves. And in terms of things of this world, 1 Timothy 6.17 and Romans, uh, or excuse me, uh, 1 Timothy 4 Verses four and five, we filter those things of the world that we might want to use, car, job, etc., through prayer and God's word. So if we considered what we want to do through his word and through prayer, we are free to step out in faith. Wow. That's great truth. I will say this, in reality, I don't think people really want to be led by the Spirit. It's like they don't want to be led by their boss. They don't want to be led around by their spouse or their parents. And they really don't want to be led around by the Spirit. Because nobody ever tells me, gee, well, the Spirit led me to do something I really didn't want to do. They always seem to arrange their emotions and their conscience to do the things they really want to do anyway. So <clears throat> uh, this, this freedom that we have, is great to live our lives in faith. 
God is pleased <clears throat> by faith, not a legalism. So how does this work again in a practical way? Well, you think, let's think of two basic forms of government, communism. Communism, they, they will tell a young person exactly what they want them to do. Uh, early in life, they will plan out their lives. You're going to go be this, you're going to be that professionally, you get this apartment, uh, this job, be satisfied. And nobody is. But, but you know how you're led. It's very clear what your life is going to be. Whereas in a democracy, a person is free to use the resources and confidence of a society to be who they have chosen to want to be, professionally, who they want to marry, where they're going to live. They trust that those resources are there that they can use to create the life <clears throat> that they wanted to create. So you don't actually see the leading, but what you see at the end of a person's life, when they've got their kids through college, they've raised their kids successfully, they've had a fruitful marriage, they've had a fruitful career, been able to save for retirement, you see the fruit of that life. And I think that's what scripture is talking about. When it talks about, we see the results of the Spirit's leading. We see the results of that fruitful life. Now, practically then, how does, how does this work out? Well, this is what I call the five F's. Foundation, freedom, faith, filling, and fruit. This is what the Spirit uses to mature us, <clears throat> that we can have those good results. So our foundation is the belief in the Bible. We've discussed this. The Bible is what God uses us uses to build maturity and a foundation for our faith. The freedom we've discussed as well. We then, knowing God's word, had the freedom to choose to live in faith and step out in faith to do what we think is right according to our spiritual goals. So we had the freedom and we had the faith. Those are actually the first three. Foundation, freedom, and faith. It's the foundation of our choice that we can make. But added to that then, filling from Ephesians 5.18. Um, and this is the spirit maturing us. So as we allow him to work in our lives, not being bound by legalism, being obedient, and the word, the power of the word working in our lives, he changes our mindset to be mature. So where we can judge situations from uh, Hebrews 5.14, very quickly to know what is good and bad. So the more mature we are, the better we are to make <clears throat> good choices. Just like a older child or an older person can make better choices than a two-year-old or a grade school child. They have more wisdom and experience and knowledge. The last F is fruit. Otherwise we see those results like the fruit of the spirit and other attributes in the New Testament as we mature, <clears throat> as we step out on faith, on the basis of Scripture. We see the fruit in our lives, and thus people look at us, us and go, wow, they were led by the Spirit. <clears throat> Tough concept, <clears throat> but it's biblical, I believe. Read it for yourself. Actually, this uh, we have a chapter, I have a chapter in my ebook uh, on Know the Bible, on the website, uh, www.teleos.com, -E -E excuse me, teleosresearch, 
dot com. You think I'd know my own uh, website, our own website. So let's review. Okay. So God leads through His Word, but where it does not directly indicate what to do, then that is where we step out in faith. Uh, we 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 filter our decision through prayer and God's word. We step out on faith. God is pleased by faith. As we do so, uh, with that freedom and faith, the Spirit matures us. He uses our faith. He uses our obedience to make us even better at that at, in our choices and our judgment and making good decisions. And through this process, as we're obedient, we're using God's word, then we see fruit in our lives. The Spirit uses God's word to create fruit in our lives as a mature individual. And so people can look at us and go, wow, that person is led by the Spirit because they can live blamelessly in a crooked world and they have fruits of the Spirit, such as faith and joy, self-control, goodness, etc. All right. A lot to ponder there. Have questions, comments? Uh, please uh, email me, ask the questions. Get into the word yourself. Look at this yourself. Figure it out for yourself. You know, what I say, some people just aren't going to agree with. So you really need to look at the word yourself and, and see if you agree or disagree and, and how God leads in, in your mind. We each have the spirit and we can each discern. Thank you for joining me today. I'll look forward to next time where we continue our discussion through the famous armor of God verse and again in the variable ways that the Spirit uh, helps us in our lives. Thanks so much. See you next time.